Man, son, this is a Cadillac, man. Uh, I could actually go down the stairs. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I've been wanting to do that ever since I got here. And it's a joy to be here tonight. We thank the Lord for his goodness and his grace and for allowing us to be back. Uh, I know why Brother Dagenhart comes back, but I don't know why I get to come back, but I'm grateful I do. And I'm grateful to see all of you that's uh, dear to our own hearts. Uh, I want you to take your Bible this evening and turn with me to Psalms chapter 77. Um, I, I really struggled a little bit about what I wanted to preach tonight because this would not be the ideal message that I would want to preach. Uh, and I, I don't say that to warn you anything, but it's where I'm living. Uh, these verses is where I'm living. And I think for me to be honest in my message, I've got to preach where I'm living. And then um, I won't, I'll try not to preach long at all, just give you my thought. And then um, I will sit down. Look with me in verse number one. If you'd like to stand with me while I read the text, you can do that. And we'll read uh, a few verses here. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed, Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart. And my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will it be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. 
Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his precious word. You can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments, if the Lord will help me, on what to do when you just can't take it anymore. What to do when you just can't take it anymore. As I read this text uh, a couple weeks ago, I was reminded as a child growing up on Saturday mornings, it was an eventful time for me and my brother and my sister. Uh, It was that special occasion when my mother would make us breakfast and it would consist at times at a full, full course meal. And then other times it would simply be biscuits and chocolate gravy. Can I get a witness right there? It was on that rare occasion when my mother let us eat away from the table. It was that rare occasion when the rule of kitchen eating only was broken. And there in the middle of the floor, sitting cross-legged, In front of a television set, we would watch Saturday morning cartoons. And we'd watch our favorite Bugs Bunny and the gang, and then we would watch Tom and Jerry and Friends, and then my favorite, my personal favorite, Popeye the Sailor Man. I like Popeye because Popeye is an unusual character. He'd been out of the Navy for several years, but yet still wore a Navy suit. He was head over heels in love with a woman. As far as I was concerned, she wasn't that attractive. Her name was Olive Oil. Uh, his, uh, his friend, his best friend was Wimpy, and his uh, arch nemesis was Bluto. I can remember as a child seeing Bluto at times taking bully Popeye. In fact, I watched him. He would hit Popeye so hard that Popeye would fly over buildings and fly over roads. And then Popeye would say something like this, I've had all I can stand and I can't stand it no more. Out from Popeye's belt, I don't know how he hit it, but out from Popeye's belt came a can of spinach and the, and the top would peel back and somehow, miraculously, Popeye would suck that spinach through a pipe and that would give him the strength that he needed to carry on and fight another day. Has that ever happened to you? I'm not talking about sucking finish down your pipe, but I'm talking about has it ever happened to you that you got to a place in your life when you felt like I've had all I can stand and I can't stand it no more. If you're in that place tonight, it's a pretty good company to be in because the Bible's littered literally with people who found themselves in that place. I don't want to take much time, but I I thought about Job. Job said, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Now I spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind and mine eyes shall no more see good. The eyes of him that had seen me shall see me no more. Thus being interpreted, Job says, I don't know how much more of this I can take. 
I think of that Moses described in the Bible as the meekest of the earth and he rises as the greatest example of an ordinary man who's committed to God and because of that, God made him one of the greatest characters in our Bible. But he did have difficulty, didn't he? He faced the difficult task of leading God's people over a million strong through the wilderness. He was the administrator of God's law. He was assigned by God to lead his people. And yet he got to a place in his own life in Deuteronomy 112 where Moses says, in essence, I don't think I can take much more of this. <laughs> I think about Elijah. Elijah, the fiery prophet of God, who could pray fire down from heaven and who could shut up the witness of heaven that it might not rain. And yet I find, I find Elijah under a juniper tree praying that God might kill him because Elijah says in essence, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I think about David, I think about Jonah. What about Jeremiah, the prophet, bless his heart, who was known then and today as the weeping prophet. Why, I read this afternoon his resignation papers in chapter 21. He says, God, you've deceived me. You've lied to me. I think I'll just stop preaching altogether. It's as if Jeremiah says, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I think about Paul. Brother Kevin's preached several times in the book of Corinthians and I remember uh, Paul saying, I have the sentence of death. Paul says, in essence, uh, I don't know how much more I can take. <laughs> and then I find here one of my favorite characters because I think I'm a lot like Asaph Asaph writes a psalm that says, in essence, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I think I'm a lot like Asaph because Asaph never was on an even plane. Asaph's life was constantly moving up and down and Asaph was either drowning in the abyss of that or soaring over mountains of faith. Either Asaph had a heart of worship or a heart of questions, but it never was even. Am I the only one like that tonight? I read one writer that says, Brother Kevin, listen, he says, the company of the depressed is a noble company. We've all felt those uh, times of setbacks uh, and those times of loss uh, and those times of anxiety. We know what it feels like to be at a tipping point and living on the edge uh, of being able to, to focus in life. Uh, listen, everybody knows what that feels like to say, I don't know how much more I can take. <laughs> and let me run a rabbit and say Baptist folk don't help it much because there's always super spiritual saints in Baptist circles who have attempted to say, hey, preacher, I, I think you're in the blues. And they'll say, Brother Kevin, they'll say, have more faith, preacher. Uh, pick yourself up, preacher, and go on. You don't have time to get discouraged. You don't have time to get down. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I want to punch them right in the mouth. Don't you hate people like that, amen? 
Now, now I don't have time, or, or and I'm not going to pretend it out that I've got the answers personally, but I do find in this psalm where Asaph begins so discouraged, but throughout this psalm, Asaph tells us what we can do when we feel like we can't take it no more. Number one, let me give it to you briefly. Number one, he says in verse one, call upon God. That's a good place to start, isn't it? In a, in a sense of hopelessness, Asaph draws pictures of desperation. Look at verse two. He says that word trouble, it means to be confined. It means to feel like our walls are closing in. Asaph felt like he was in a dark tunnel, a place where there was no lights. In verse two, he says, I've tried my best to be normal. I've tried my best to shake it, but it seems like I just can't shake this darkness in my life. In verse three, he says that he thought and meditated on what might have been the problem. I talked to a preacher this week, uh, uh, Brother Fred, who said, it seemed like I can't catch a break. Has anybody else ever been like that? I just got, and he said, he said, Brother Don, he says, I don't know what I might have done wrong that God might be picking on me. It may not be God at all. It might just be life. Life is difficult at times. Amen. And Asaph says, I've meditated. I've thought about these things. He thought so hard. In fact, his spirit became weak. His emotions controlled him. Sleep left him. He's like a drowning man reaching up for somebody to reach a hand down to save him. And when we read the text, it looks awfully bleak. But I don't find Asaph going to worldly ways to hash out these difficulties. But he, he, he calls upon God. He says, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. That word complain means to grumble and to groan. It means he's exploding from within. He's calling out on God. He's screaming at God. He's complaining to God. He is, my friend, grumbling and griping himself to God because it seems like he just can't catch a break. And then Asaph prays some foolish questions. He says, God, it seems like you forgot my address. It seems like you forgot my phone number. And I know I'm reading that into the text. Can I get a witness? It seemed like you forgot where I live, Lord. Have you ever prayed foolish questions before? Brother Fred, there's been some times here lately in my life when I've had to ask God to forgive me in the middle of praying to God. Because I said, Lord, my, my prayer is so filled with doubt. Lord, forgive me for being like I am. Forgive me for being so vulnerable. Forgive me for being so weak, God. I must be stronger, but it feels like at that moment I feel so vulnerable in my life. I'm just gonna keep it real tonight. 
Amen. Aren't you glad God never did say, tell Asaph, you sorry, low down, good for nothing. You, you, you old heathen, you don't have faith. But God is, my friend, gracious enough to hear the complaints of our souls. And I found as I read that that God is not bothered by my unbelief. God's not bothered by sometimes my doubt. God's not bothered by my grumbling, but God is gracious to hear my prayer. Oh, Lord. Amen. I'm thankful I don't have to be ashamed to admit my inner turmoil and that God is not offended by my ignorance and God is never rude and God's never preoccupied and God's never thoughtless and God's never careless and God's never disinterested and to pay attention to my life. In fact, God promised me, thank God, those that have a broken heart, those that have a contrite spirit, he would not deny God. Here's those who may be Struggling with brokenness in their lives. Isn't that right? Let me, let me hasten and say number two, I think Asaph is teaching us to control our thoughts. Does anybody else in the church have a problem with your thoughts running away from you? Asaph thought too much. And he often thought on the wrong things. He, he had to reign in his thoughts. Asaph says, I'm wide awake, God. You're keeping me up at night. You're, you're keeping my eyes open, Lord. And he lays there in silence. He says, God, you're keeping me awake. But suddenly, in the midst of Asaph's difficulty, he grabs the reins of his thoughts and he looks back into his past and sees what God has done in former days. And that's what got Asaph down the road. That was Asaph's spinning. He popped the can, sucked the spinach, kind of get a witness. He considers what God had done for him in the past. Look at verse five. I've considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. Oh, God. Thank you for a good song in the night. Brother Terry, the other day I was looking out the window and my wife came in and she said it was early in the morning and she said, would you fix the boys' lunch for school? And I said, honey, I've got to read my Bible, but I'll be honest with you, my Bible looked like just black and white letters. It wasn't talking to me, Brother Steve. My heart was broken. I'm in turmoil on the inside because of some things that's taking place in my own life. And I said, honey, I've got to read my Bible and she walked out of the room and I began to look at my phone and look at some song that might warm my heart and I found the song that spoke peace into my inner soul. Aren't you glad God gives a song in the night? Amen. Oh, he considers his past. In verse 10 he says, I may be sick, but I'll remember. He forces his thoughts out of the dungeon back to the years when he had seen God do great things. And I think the tool that will aid us most in in pushing forward is a good memory of what God has done in our past. Uh, Let me give you a personal illustration. My last two weeks, as I've said, have been kind of difficult. I'm not looking for sympathy, but 
It's just, it is what it is. Anybody else had a bad couple of weeks? Brother Fred, uh, two weeks ago, my son, my youngest son got sent to the emergency room in Vanderbilt. He was having some issues in his stomach and they thought at first it was appendicitis and, and then they ruled appendicitis out and, and then they said it might be his pancreas and that fear gripped my heart. When you say pancreas, it just tore my heart out. And then they said, it could be his liver. And I thought, oh God, please. And man, when that happens in your family, you know as a child, your children, you, you want to get with God and pray and say, Lord, please don't let it be my boys. Please don't let it be my child. And then... And I sent him home and two days later we sent him back to the emergency room. He's doubled over in pain. And uh, through that process that happened on a Monday and through a, on a Wednesday and then on Friday my mother passed away at 65 years old. 65 years old and she, she died of a, of a blood clot and I, I thought, Lord, I'm crying with Asaph, God. I don't know how much more of this I can take. And I stood before that congregation and preached my mother's funeral. And I said, Lord, I began, Brother Savel, God help me. I began to, my, my faith was so weak. I was so vulnerable. I said, Lord, I don't know what's happened with my son. And then on the Monday after the funeral, my other son gets sent to the hospital because he's sick. And then he got in his automobile after the hospital visit. And his brakes went out on his truck. And he called me and said, Daddy, I know this is a bad time, but my truck is winter. Stray with no brakes. And I said to my wife, I said, Brother Kevin, I don't know how much more of this. I can take. And I pushed his truck, or we got in his truck, and I put it in the lowest gear, and I coasted down to the brake, uh, the brake shop and the car shop, and I'm getting out, and my wife's in the car, and I'm trying to stay strong. And I, I get out, and I'm walking toward the front door of that automobile mechanic shop. And about that time, the Holy Ghost of God Warmed my soul and reminded me of days gone by. He put in my soul the memories of how God's taken care of me in days gone by. And I don't deserve not one thing God's ever done for me. And if God took all things away, he's still a gracious God. And brother, when I walked out of that mechanic shop, I said, praise God, I think I'll go another day. I think I'll preach another sermon. And since that time, things has been looking up, praise God. Let hell come what may I think I'll just keep on praising God to the best of my ability amen I got in my car and and uh, brother Kevin I looked in the rear view mirror when I sat down and I was laughing I was having the Holy Ghost laughs I looked in the rear view mirror and on the rear view mirror was written these etched in the mirror it says Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And the Holy Ghost said, Psst. It ain't been long ago I was blessing you. The water's gone calm down. You just keep on driving forward. 
you keep on looking forward. You, 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 you keep on doing what God would have you to do. I've got some blessings out there. It's testing time now. There's life lessons now, but I've got some things for you down the road. I read this little illustration today where a woman who'd gotten saved, an older lady had gotten saved, and she'd go to bed at night and she'd just fill with doubt. And she got her Bible out one evening and she felt like that underneath her bed was the darkest part of her room. And she felt like the devil is a new Christian, that the devil's underneath her bed and speaking doubt into her soul. And so she got her Bible out and she put her finger on John 3 16. And she draped the Bible over the bed, rolled it up under the bed and put her finger on the verse and said, read that devil. Read that devil. Praise God. Now let me, let me, let me give you one more and I'll close. Control your thoughts. Call on God. And then consider how big God is. Look at verse 13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God is our God? What about that? It's almost like Asaph forgot what he wrote in Psalm 73. And he had to remind himself in Psalm 77 that God's ways are in the sanctuary. Amen. And though it may be gloomy and doomy, we serve a great big God. Listen to what he says about God. He says in verse 14, thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared, I'm just gonna let the Bible speak from my last point. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Can I get an Amen. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Can I get an amen? Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people and the sons of Jacob and Joseph. That was his crescendo of redemption. He says, thou hast redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine errors also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy ways in the sea and thy path is in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Asaph says we serve a great big God. Isn't that a comfort tonight? That's better than news about the coronavirus or whatever it's called. Amen. Asaph said, what a great God we have. He's so mighty the water saw him and trembled. He's so mighty the clouds poured down water. He's so great the storm clouds thundered. He's so great the airs flashed back and forth. Asaph began this psalm with a huge problem, but he ends this psalm with a big God. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your gracious mercy, your love, and for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share my heart. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in me to make me more like Jesus. I bless your name for it in Jesus' name.